Torah. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway is an amazing place. There's an uncommon air about it. The greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500-mile race, takes place there. And each team, each race team brings great expectations and hopes of, well, kind of an immortality for the taking of the checkered flag. But that day is the big day that everybody has been waiting for, including all the 250,000 in the stands. Unmatched pomp and pageantry sets the stage. The drivers are announced, the national anthem is sung, military jets display overhead, and the race cars rumble to life with the command, start your engines. Well, the green flag is about to wave. That means get started. It's time to get your starting blocks and run the race. In many ways, our guest today says the race day at the Indian 500, Indy 500 might be a preview for what's going to feel like when believers cross through heaven's gates. Your name is called out. Countless multitude of people is present. The biggest event of all time is the one on the other side of heaven's gate, the revelation of God on his throne. And on the other side of that gate, words will not be able to describe what the eyes are seeing. It's like nothing anyone has ever experienced, even the Indy 500. Utter joy turns to quiet it all. And then suddenly, as God's glory is revealed, jubilant worship is raised up and engulfs the atmosphere. And that moment will last quite literally for eternity. That is, for those that finish the race. So my question to you is, where will you be when the race is over or when the race is over? Life is being likened unto a race. The Apostle Paul uh, made very clear Life was likened unto a race. He was talking about a foot race, not an automobile race, but it was still a race. And many start the race. In the Indy 500, it's over 30 people that start the race. In most uh, track and field uh, races, there are fewer than uh, 10 uh, who actually start a race, but only one gets the prize. You cross out of your lane, you're disqualified. You don't finish the race, you're disqualified. So it's not those who begin the race, it's those who finish that actually qualify. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust today will be no exception. Many of you know that uh, we concentrate here on this program on the most serious issues of our time. Not the way most talk show Uh, programs out there do that are focusing only on the economic and only on the political and only on uh, those kinds of things. But yes, we do focus on those, but everything is with kingdom view. That is the kingdom of God. Well, today, this particular author in his book caught my attention, Godspeed, steering through triumph and tragedy, ah, for the kingdom of God. 
in the racing circuit of automobiles. We've never had that kind of sports event here on this program. In the past, we have had one of the world's greatest, most revered mountain climbers on this program. He had climbed all of the 14,000-foot peaks and climbed Mount Everest six times. In addition to that, we had the most vaunted, the most uh, saluted track and field individual ever in history on this program. His name was Jim Ryan. And he actually became a congressman, but he was the fastest miler at 16 years of age, took the world-class mileage and made it on the front cover of every sports magazine, and he joined us as a Christian here on this program. Today, we have another unusual guest today. I have never met him except in spirit through his book. His name is George Del Canto, and uh, he has a fascinating story uh, from, well, you can say triumph to tragedy and back to triumph again. And uh, he is joining us from Houston, Texas, where they're having a freeze out now. George, it's good to have you on the program. We're going to warm you up right here. Good afternoon, Chuck. Great to be here. And hello to everyone in uh, Virginia, Richmond, and Viewpoint. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this program airs all over the country. In fact, uh, last year, last month, it aired, was heard, actually heard, on a hundred in 113 countries. So uh, we're going to spread the message around. The kingdom of God has come and is coming. And you have chosen a fascinating name for your racing team, Kingdom Racing. Tell us quickly, what was that all about? Yeah, that was the only name that was possible that we were going to uh, name our team for, with. Uh, that Once we... We started off on this path. Uh, it was certainly of God, from God, and for God. And uh, everything we do is for Him, for His glory. So Kingdom Racing, lo and behold, when I went online and went to register the name, it had never been registered. So it had been reserved wow. in space and time for us. And uh, we reserved that in uh, 2005. Well, I bet our, none of our listeners were aware that God was in the racing business. Well, God's in all of our business all the time, right? Whether we recognize it or not. <laughs> or whether we and, want him to be in there or not. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and, and thank God for that. But, uh, no, my, my world had, you know, uh, my schooling and my upbringing, I uh, was in the financial world, banking mm-hmm. and finance. It took me all over the world. I had moderate successes. And, um, and you know, and my calamitous was, failures a, co- a couple of times. That's right. That's right. And it was because of one of that, those failures that uh, I came to the realization that I just could not do it myself, that uh, I recognized that uh, God is in control and I submitted to him. I turned my life over to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And uh, he restored me, restored my my health, my wealth, my family, and uh, started me on a new path, which took me from London to Houston, Texas, in uh, 2001. Well, you have in your book, uh, you have done much for me, Lord. What is it that I can do for you? And it said that this is the most dangerous prayer a Christian can pray. Well, yeah, um, you know, uh, when 
I had been practicing law for 20 years as a trial lawyer, and at the height of my career, the Lord says, okay, now you've been pleading the cause of men long enough. I want you to plead my cause of the land as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation. Well, now what am I supposed to do, Lord? you got to start all over, and you got to have a kingdom vision. Uh, but what does that look like? And we want to translate uh, over the next uh, 40 minutes or so what that really looked like in the uh, life of, uh, of your life and uh, through success and failure and uh, what it means to be involved in the, motorsco- uh, the motorsport world. Uh, it's not exactly an individual sport, but for the guy that's driving, it's pretty individual why he's driving, isn't it? Oh, yes. No, right. he's uh, fully committed, but he's reliant on his team and right. the equipment. We'll be back in just a moment after this, friends. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. When I was growing up uh, in my earlier childhood years, say uh, from about eight years of age up until uh, 13, 14, my family on Memorial Day would always go to the park and uh, we would have a picnic. And one of the things that my father did, he was a pastor and uh, he was never involved in auto racing or anything like that. But one of the things that he would do is always tune into the Indianapolis 500. And so I became somewhat familiar with some names like A.J. Foyt, Mario Andretti, and Al Unser, those kinds of names. And uh, that's what I remember about that. I personally have never been involved in auto sports, uh, racing sports uh, in that sense. I was involved in track and field as a young person but uh, not in car racing. It's just, in and of itself, it never uh, quite attracted me. But our special guest today said he felt an unusual calling that basically said, I'm going to build an IndyCar team to deliver God's Word through motorsports. Now, that is some kind of a vision because motorsports, it would seem to me, is not exactly a friend to grace. What say you, George? No, it's an outrageous vision to have for someone that has no connection to motorsports, history, resources, other than just the love for racing, which was embedded in me by my dad when he took me to the Indy 500 when I was uh, 12 years old. Okay, so you had a bit, uh, you were actually there. Yes, yes. We went uh, 10 years in a row, and... Um, it's uh, you know that's when uh, it was just embedded in me. I was uh, became a lifelong racing fan, mm. uh, but that was the extent of it. That um, I never had any desire to be a race car driver, much like you. It, it was just something that was beyond my uh, my you know realm of possibilities. And well, somebody might out. ask out there, well, how can you be a Christian and be involved in the race car business? 
Oh, well, because like any other industry, you know, being a Christian, you have to demonstrate the excellence of God to your best of abilities. Mm-hmm. So to be a Christian and apply biblical values and uh, and scripture to, you know, Ten Commandments and, and, and following everything you do and do it on a righteously, um, it, it, it applies uh, equally to motorsports as to any other endeavor. Well, you, when you do that in, an, in a business called motorsports, uh, it's like putting a monstrous target on your back. You better be perfect. You better uh, live this thing out uh, pretty accurately, or you're going to be seen as the ultimate hypocrite. Well, you have to definitely be authentic. You know, all eyes are, are on you. Uh, fortunately, from day one, we allowed that our yeses were going to be yeses and our noes, no. Mm-hmm. And we would either do things right or not do it at all. So we have built up, thankfully, a reputation uh, that uh, when we go and when we say we're going to do something, that we do come in and we are running such a way that you may win. Uh, we're not just there to make the show. Uh-huh. Uh, we're there to be competitive. Uh, but uh, that doesn't, you know, being a Christian does not ensure you of everything going your way, right? That's Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, I was running, uh, I remember junior high school, running the low hurdles, and all of a sudden I jerked up straight up off the uh, the track, and uh, unfortunately my hamstring had uh, completely ruptured, and uh, I had not expected that at all. I was in pretty good shape. Uh, there are a lot of things that happen uh, that you weren't expecting to happen. The same is true on the track, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, the difference between being a Christian or not is not that bad things are not going to happen to you, but it's how you react when mm. things don't go your way. That's when you can really make a statement to for the Lord and acknowledge that it is God who's in control and that you carry on and that you're going to make you know good of whatever his good purpose may be for what appears to be a momentary failure. Well, I, I seriously doubt that God's going to have a race team in heaven. Uh, we don't read about uh, the, the closest thing we can come to that is the vision of Ezekiel with a wheel within a wheel. Uh, <laughs> not sure what that meant, but... Uh, while we're on planet Earth, we're called to run the race of life. The Apostle Paul used that kind of imagery continually, and he said, so run that you might obtain. In other words, you're running to win. You're running to win. But you can't win if you don't finish the race, can you? That's right. And it's not only finish the race, but prepare prior to the race Mm -hmm. so that you may win. And that preparation comes in having all the best tools and physically you know, your fitness, uh, making sure that uh, you have every element possible that's uh, in your favor. And, um, and then, you know, the rest is uh, to, to run your race and, and not run the, uh, the race that the others are doing, but run the plan that you have. Well, what happens, George, if uh, a guy is out there in one of your cars and he allows his vision to be diverted to someone uh, racing in another car, uh, what's the likely consequence of that? It's pretty immediate and abrupt. <laughs> you could find your car up in the air and 100 yards down the track and upside down, couldn't you? Yes, sir. You know, these cars are covering 100 yards every half second. 
the wow. 230 miles an hour down the straightaways in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, 220 through the corners. So mm, their mm, mm. focus has to be extreme just as far as their abilities and confidence in where their car is going at that particular moment. And what the guy next to them is doing, it is it is on the periphery, but yeah. it is you're driving your own car and he's driving his car. Well, you know, one of the things that I've noticed after many, many years as a Christian uh, in many, many different denominations from coast to coast, I have noticed how Christians tend to look at the lives of others and compare themselves with each other. The Apostle Paul warned against that. He said, do not compare yourself one with the other. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, And it can cause your own life to kind of uh, get off track and even uh, uh, wreck, just like on the uh, Indianapolis 500. Oh, absolutely. You have to run your own race, always. And uh, what goes on around you is going to happen uh, to them. It might affect you, but you can't anticipate it. You have to continue putting your, you know, lap time, your corner after corner. Uh, you know, the, you know, the uh, crew chiefs, they're constantly talking in the ears of the driver saying, you know, stay on your marks, stay on your marks, mm-hmm. uh, two laps to go, pitting in 30 seconds, five, three, two, one, stop. You know, it's, uh, so you have to just run that race with it. You know, those 33 drivers out there, Mm. they're all in 33 separate worlds. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, You compare the stories after the race and, you know, you all, you know, your car and your driver and how he did, but then you hear stories the guy that was, you know, a role in front of you, and he, he has a completely different story of how mm-hmm. his race. Well, and, his car may be falling apart, and it certainly would affect your car. When other Christians are living their lives in such a way that their lives fall apart, uh, it affects everybody around them on the track, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, it's called debris, right? <laughs> We've got a lot of Christian debris out there on the track of life uh, right now. Yeah, the wreckage of uh, people's lives uh, can definitely, they do impact us. Uh, and we have to have compassion for them. Uh, that's a little bit different from, from racing. You know, your competitor goes into the wall and you just say, okay, I'll avoid his, his crash field and then I'm good. And you don't really think about him. Uh, but, uh, you know, for, for life, it's a little bit different there. Uh, we have to see if we can provide them any, any comfort and any support Mm -hmm. in order to have them, uh, you know, recover from that crash or avoid future crashes. Um, well, I think there's a, there's a camaraderie that takes place even in the motorsports for those who have been injured. Uh, it doesn't, you don't necessarily see that during the race, uh, but, after the race, uh, I, I think there is compassion because uh, you you have to believe there go, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. That's okay. Correct. Now, friends, I want to make this book available to you because it, I think it's going to be very inspiring, particularly for any of you who have been involved in uh, motor racing. I don't mean that you actually have owned a uh, a car in a race or that you like you just like the motorsports godspeed is the title of the book steering through triumph and tragedy 
Uh, it is the story of uh, our guest's life and the Team Kingdom Racing. It is $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And uh, remember, God calls us to so run this race of life, uh, life that we may obtaining, obtain. What I find out... Uh, George, is that so many begin the Christian life, but for one reason or another, they quit. They give up, they're diverted by different circumstances, and they quit. What you have shown through your life in kingdom uh, racing, kingdom, yeah, kingdom racing, is that uh, even when the tough times comes, when the tough, when the tough comes to you, uh, when the tough times comes, the tough get going, and uh, you have not given up. So uh, I appreciate that in your own life. Uh, we want to go back to, say, the beginning and uh, see how God could possibly call a man who was in the financial world not connected in any meaningful way other than through you know, b- boyhood uh, fascination Uh, with this uh, strange world of auto racing. And it is sort of a strange world. It's kind of like horse racing, I would think. Well, I don't know horse racing, but it was certainly (laughs) a completely different world from what I had been used to. You're right, Chuck. Yeah. It's the key. The key to all this is that God puts a desire deep in each of our hearts. You know, that desire might be painting, singing, writing, mm-hmm. running, racing, whatever it might be. But there's the reason for that, that delight in your heart, and that is to really be able to use it to glorify God. Well, and, and that's how you were going to use Kingdom Racing, to show up, to tell your story, and then, as you say, get out of the way and see what God would do. Yes. And that's what we're doing right now, isn't it? Yes, yes, it, exactly it. And it's the idea is to have this be an inspiration, as you mentioned, to Christians who have been sitting and watching and spectating and, you know, sitting in the church pews and mm-hmm. listening to the programs. But the encouragement here is to get active, get in the game, the yeah. game of kingdom building. And the, the, there's a tremendous thirst in the land, and as your program has covered, and so many just terrible and very critical topics are going on. Yeah. But we have to get the message that is the gospel of Jesus Christ out to, to everyone. And we use this medium of stars and cars. Spectators <laughs> come, right? They come, they want to see the, the flashy cars and the famous drivers. We give them all that. But then we're able to segue into a conversation of what's truly important, and that's where they're going to spend their eternity. Right. And we want to find out how you do that, uh, what the venues are in which you do that, and we'll do that in the second half of the program. But, uh, friends, uh, this book says, when God gave George the idea for Kingdom Racing, it took three years 
for that vision to materialize into an entry into the Indianapolis 500. And we want to find out how did that happen. In fact, even three years would seem to me to be pretty quick. But uh, God gave him a vision, and he began to play that out, see where God would take it. He had to put some some uh, shoe leather to the pavement. Uh, God expects us to be participants in uh, his endeavors, but then there comes a point in time when you've done what you can do, and God has to do what you can't. So again, get a copy of the book, Godspeed, Steering Through Triumph and Tragedy. Your gift of $15 to Save America Ministries will put it in your hands on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. Add $5 for postage and handling. We'll be back with you and George Yacompo right after this break. Stay tuned. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a For Pastors Only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. In a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. In the Indianapolis 500 or any other auto race, they all run, but only one gets the prize. But you've got to finish the race to get the prize. I want you to think about that. As Christians, God hasn't promised to reward those who start but only those who finish strong. So Jesus said, He that endures to the end shall be saved, not those who start. Our special guest today, George Del Campo, with his book, uh, Godspeed. And uh, George, when, you, when this first idea for kingdom racing uh, came into your mind, into your heart, uh, you had been in the world of finance, uh, pretty, pretty highfalutin, high-level finance, I'd say. Yes, uh, I was uh, going to be a king of the world or a prince of the world, at least, and mm-hmm. uh, put together several, you know, high dollar deals. And um, my a small company and my partners, we had just been bought out by one of the world's biggest companies in early 2000. And we mm-hmm. thought, oh, we're on our way now. Nothing can stop us. <laughs> and uh Never say back. never. <laughs> never say never. It was like, what's what's that hissing sound? That was the air going out of our balloon. Mm-hmm. But it was the company was Enron that bought us. I think so, I remember that name. Well, many of your <laughs> listeners might remember and might have still been hurt by by Enron's mm-hmm. collapse. 
So it was the largest corporate collapse in history. Right. And uh, my world, the reputation, uh, you know, work, it just went up in flames around me. Well, you weren't actually a part of Enron, but you were parenthetically uh, connected so that what happened with Enron echoed down into your life and business. Oh, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, the smear of being associated with uh, this the tremendous scandal, although I, we were not directly involved. We were a victim as much as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, destroyed, you know, we were uh, roadkill, as, as I say in the book. It's, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, the world had uh, written us off. And what's interesting is that, you know, put me in the perfect position where God could begin to really use me. You mean God has to somehow get us down to the bottom of the barrel where the only place we can look is up? That's right. He meets us on the bottom, which is what's <laughs> most incredible. Yeah. And then he uses, he qualifies the chosen. He just does not choose the qualified. And that's the reason for that is because that really shows his glory and his mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly weren't one to prepare other than through a childhood fascination with the uh, Indianapolis 500. Uh, you certainly not were prepared in any way uh, with other connectivities to be able to uh, enter into this uh, very exclusive motor racing club, were you? That's right. But it was as Jesus' disciples, you know, they were not prepared either, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lord just said, go forth, go where I send you. And if the first town, if they don't receive you, go on to the next and just shake the dust off your sandals and keep keep on the path. Well, you had and to shake I- some dust, dust off your uh, sandals as you went around trying to raise the necessary resources. Let's talk about that, because you came from the world of money. Uh, you yeah. lost an awful lot of it. But then, in order to be able to kick off a venture like Kingdom uh, Racing, that takes boku bucks, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And I, I felt like such a fraud because of that. You know, I had nowhere near the resor- resources um, and or the history or the name. And in fact, one of the first people that I talked to was after a Bible study, a gentleman who was uh, part of the Ford Motor Company racing effort in Le Mans in the 60s. Wow. Gave a, gave a presentation, you know, it was about God and how God works and everything. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, hey, I'm going to start an IndyCar team and deliver God's word through motorsports. And he said, George, you and 5,000 other guys have that dream. It'll never happen. (laughs) In other words, hey, it's impossible. You know, thanks a lot, buddy. You know what I was told? You know what I was told, George, when uh, the Lord called me to leave the practice of law to do what I'm doing today? I had connections with some of the foremost uh, Christian radio personnel in the country. And uh, they told me, Chuck, unless you have a million dollars in your pocket, bear in mind this was 30 years ago, unless you have a million dollars in your pocket, don't even think about it. Don't ah. even think about it. And some of the some of the uh, people who are on the air that uh, Christians revere, uh, they didn't have to start the way uh, we had to start this ministry. They started with the million dollars in their pocket. They had ministries that collectively put that million dollars or more in their pocket 
to start a half-hour radio program. We didn't have that. We started with, well, I'm trying to think, did we even have $1,000? Maybe. And here we are, 26 and a half years on the air. So if God puts a vision before you, you have to walk that out day after day. Sometimes it seems tough, doesn't it? Yes. No, you have to be willing to to walk it. And uh, same as Kingdom Racing. We started off with nothing, and we still have most of that left. (laughs) (laughs) Most of nothing, huh? Well, very good. But it's it's it is uh, it is the Lord, and that it just comes down to biblical principles, Scripture, mm-hmm. Proverbs three. It is trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. I was a finance guy. Yeah. I knew that I didn't have the money. I knew I didn't have the connections. I had done credit, uh, you know, reports and estimates, mm-hmm. worthiness analysis on people. And so this was a pipe dream that I knew yeah. that it was only God that was going to make it happen. Well, but it's I, like what the angel said to uh, Elizabeth, Mary's uh, uh, cousin. Cousin, yeah. with God, nothing shall be impossible. There we go. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. So you you traversed over some very very difficult lines, things that would have daunted the average person. Uh, and you felt that God was in it, but you still had to persevere. Absolutely. You, so God didn't do to, it all for you? No, I still had to show up. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing, is, is it is to show up, be willing to share your story, and then watch what God ha- does. And it's... Uh, it's it's not be prepared. It's to be absolutely there to to be able to reflect what God wants accomplished, and not whatever plans you might have in mind. So, say, what's okay. the trajectory to get into the Indianapolis 500? Because that's the prince of it all. Uh, what's the trajectory to get there? Well, it, it, you have to have a door opened that's not there. I came. Uh, to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway after sending an online inquiry. Imagine this. This is in <laughs> 2005. I got on the website of IndyCar as well as NASCAR and another car series, and I sent them a message, identical messages, that said, I am a Houston businessman. I am interested in the car series ownership. Uh, please contact me at your earliest convenience. And I thought, okay, Lord, I've done everything possible, right? Well, that's casting your bread on the water, all right. Right. So I sent out the messages. I, a week later, I have a, a, a message on my home uh, machine, and uh, it said, uh, George, this is John Stewart of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I received your message. Uh, please call me at your earliest convenience. Mm. And I was like, oh, Lord. I'm scared. Now what do I do? (laughs) What am I going to do? So I told my wife, she said, well, call the guy. What's the problem? So I I called him up, and next thing you know, a week later, I'm pulling up to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mm. I have a meeting with the president, with the board of directors, as a prospective new owner. Wow. And I'm sweating bullets. I bet. In the taxi cab, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm a fraud. They're going to find out in the first 
20 seconds. Yeah, that I'm not one of the world's uh, billionaires. Yeah, that I have no means or ability to, to make this happen. And I said, Lord, please, you know, give me a sign. I'd never prayed that before. Mm. This is a, from you, uh, Lord, give me a sign. It's, if this is a crazy George idea, just make it quick and painless. I'll leave that room. I'll never talk to anyone or mention anything about this ever again. And lo and behold, I walk in, I met the gentleman who left me the message, and we started just, you know, small talking before the other people came in. And he realized that I went to church here at Second Baptist. Uh, Dr. Ed Young is my pastor. Mm-hmm. Here. And um, I mentioned that to him. Yeah, I'm from Houston. I go to Second Baptist. And he looked at me, and he said, George, before I joined the Indy Racing League, I was involved in the Christian recording business, and I recorded Dr. Young's son's first record, Cademan Call, Cademan's Call hmm. is, uh, is his group. And then he went on, and he said, George, I'll do everything possible to help a Christian team in the IndyCar race series. So that was a connection. You could have never uh, arranged it. And what I have discovered in reading your book is that those kinds of multiplying connections uh, occurred over and over again that helped facilitate the next move that was necessary in order for you to move from point A to point B to point C and ultimately into the Indianapolis 500. That's right. That's right. If, if this is God's will and God's plan and his mission for your life, for anyone's life. Yeah. But what was it's, that mission about? We haven't talked about the mission other than to somehow spread the kingdom of God. But what does that look like if you're in motorsports? Is this some of a some kind of a low-key, barely get a message across and hope that somebody somewhere might possibly here or is it something more serious than that we will talk about that when we get back from this break again our yes. special guest is uh, george del campo with his book god speed god speed he loves auto racing began at the indianapolis 500 and ended at the indianapolis 500 spread the kingdom of god we'll be right back Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. How do you spread the kingdom of God in the motorsports industry? How do you do that? It's such a worldly enterprise out there. 
course, everywhere you go is a worldly enterprise, even sometimes in the church, unfortunately. Well, George, tell us, how in the world do you spread the kingdom of God in that wild and woolly world called motorsports? Well, we raise the flag of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And we do this in a multiple number of of ways. Uh, We organize, for example, race festivals where we bring in uh, Christian groups into the infield. We had a wonderful event at the Motor Speedway a few years ago where we brought in uh, Building 429. Uh, to the racetrack, and over the loudspeakers, Chuck, of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway during the two weeks of prior to the Indy 500, we could hear praise worship music hmm. over that entire location, and it just, it just blessed it. It blessed everyone that was there. Um, so we do outreach events that are in you know, the public venue, but we found our sweet spot in more private individual uh, programs that we have, one of which is called Miles of Smiles, Mm -hmm. where we gather and we invite small groups, maybe 10 to 12 people from foster care, special needs, uh, women's shelters, veterans group, youth ministries, to be our guests at the racetracks for a day. And we treat them like rock stars. Uh, We... uh, give them meet and greets. Uh, they go to the garages, they sit in the cars, they they have time spent with us telling us their stories. We listen to those and then we give them our, you know, message of, of hope and encouragement for their lives and how to pursue their destiny and, and look for the Lord and encourage them to continue to be involved with their local churches or ministries. Now, is this serious... Uh, I've been involved in a lot of uh, some of these kinds of things, and uh, they tend to be pretty watered down. Uh, Are you you really seriously uh, presenting the claims of Christ to these people? Uh, And and how about the the drivers? How about the teams, the other teams? What kind of connectivity, what kind of influence for the kingdom of God are you having there? Well, we've seen this, the footprint expand uh, from team to team and uh, year after year and race series, in fact, to other race series, because we are who we are, and we demonstrate it. We demonstrate, you know, Christ's love just through actions and not just words. Mm-hmm. They see the groups that we, we bring in. Uh, we continue to stay in contact with those individuals, and it is intentional. Uh, It's completely, we have uh, most of our kingdom racing personnel have gone through the way of the master or other, uh, you know, uh, let's call it street, uh, street side uh, evangelism uh, 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 training. And um, the discussion is to really, you know, where are you going to spend your eternity? Mm-hmm. And um, do you, you know, consider yourself to be a good person? Do you, you know, follow the commandments? Um, and, and then, you know, get to the person's uh, core where he says, well, no, actually, you know, I'm a sinner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all need forgiveness. And we then point him to Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. encourage him to give their lives right then and there or, 
you know, or continue to stay, you know, in contact with them. How about the other drivers, the uh, the other teams? Well, you know, as you said, it's, you know, you, the, the debris field, right? You uh, have to avoid it. <laughs> you have to avoid it. You know, you you are who you are. Right. Uh, they're watching. They're, you know, they're assessing whether you're genuine or not. Well, it's a rough uh, and tumble uh, world. Yeah, that's right. And there there are many more Christians than you would expect in uh, in motorsports. Uh, these drivers, you know, they they have their reality check on oh, yeah. you know, their humanity. Oh, it's a life and death to, situation for them. That's right. So they have to be comfortable and they have to address that. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to bring up next because uh, when these guys, these drivers get in there, strapped in their seats, uh, they may be strapped in there for eternity. Uh, they do not know what's going to happen uh, five minutes from then or two seconds from then. And uh, some of the stories you tell in the book are hair-raising, and we've all seen some of these uh, car wrecks that are mm. enough to cause uh, a grown man to wince deeply. Uh, how? I guess there are two questions that come to my mind. One is, uh, how do these guys handle that level of apprehension or fear? And the second question is, how does uh, how does a Christian justify putting intentionally other men in that level of danger? Right. Well, the first one, I mean, how did how do they cope with it? Each individual is, you know, the master of their own soul, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever you know, many I've, we've seen many drivers progress from. Uh, being, you know, devil, daredevils uh, and not really caring until they realize that, no, they have a family, they have a wife, they have mm-hmm. children, and anything that happens to them, uh, you know, will impact their lives. Yeah. And uh, so we've seen that being a big turning point towards being an opportunity to really, you know, have them walk, you know, and seek the Lord. Well, that caused um, me uh, early on to leave... Uh, a growing intensity uh, for my life in rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, right. I decided, right. you know, I've got a family, I've got kids. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm about the kingdom of God, and I can't uh, justify this risk. Yes, yes, no, and you know, as far as the other, the other side of it, as far as racers themselves, uh, and and how they can come to. Um, how we can put a race driver in a car mm-hmm. that he's risking his life. Yeah. Um, you know, that is his choice. That is his choice. He has tremendous talent that God has given him. This is how he has chosen uh, to, to utilize that talent. And he's definitely willing. And what the element of the kingdom that those drivers that are Christians, that they see that there is a greater glory beyond winning a race or finishing a race. Mm-hmm. And that is to glorify the Lord through everything they do and that mm-hmm. they're able to influence other people. And that connection is the real sweet spot for, yeah. for with the kingdom drivers that we have. Now, you don't have somebody by the name of Brandon on your team, do you? <laughs> we, we did. We did have uh, a Brandon Wagner, of all things. 
he, he was our driver in 2009. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's go. Yes, sir. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of risk, um, there is risk in everything. There are some people who have said, Chuck, I don't know how you do what you do. It's so risky. How are you still on the air? When we left the practice of law uh, in California and uh, we're sharing with our congregation what we were about to do, a person uh, having a reputation of having somewhat of a prophetic voice walked up to the front of the room and said, Chuck, I need to warn you, what you're about to do is exceedingly dangerous. Now, who would ever think sitting behind a microphone was exceedingly dangerous? Well, who would ever think that somebody baptizing a strange group of people out on the River Jordan was dangerous? <clears throat> but it cost John the Baptist his head. Everything we do has danger associated with it, and the longer we pursue the kingdom of God, the more the kingdoms of this world and satanic uh, opposition is raising its ugly head to do whatever is necessary to put that message to death. Isn't that true? Yes, indeed. You know, one of my biggest fears, Chuck, when I started on this ministry mission mm-hmm. was that I was going to be at an event and talking about the kingdom, and someone in the crowd was going to say, Hey, wait, George Del Cano. Hey, didn't you go to, you were raised in Chicago, right? Weren't you the guy that did blah, blah, blah? <laughs> and I was scared to death, saying, how am I going to answer that? And you know what the answer is? It was, the answer is yes. He was, but I am. Yeah, that's what Paul had to do. The Apostle that's Paul right. was a murderer. I, yeah, I was that guy, uh, but I'm not that guy today. Uh, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. And uh, we all have to come to that place, don't we? Yes, absolutely. So the real issue, uh, George, uh, regarding all of this uh, racing and whatever enterprise uh, that God has put us in, uh, when the race is over, then what? Where do I stand when the race is over? And for every single one of us, the race of life is going to be over. Now what? And you know where you want to be standing? Uh, I know where I want to be standing, but uh, in order to be standing there, there's only one way, and that is we must come to the place where we humble ourselves before the God of creation and receive his uh, forgiveness through Jesus Christ and accept that for the the. Uh, forgiveness of our sin, and as much as in us lies to live with him and run that race that is set before us in Christ until we have no more breath. Then we're ready to receive the crown of life, which the Lord gives to those who have been faithful to him. That's what I want to be, uh, where I want to be when the race is over. How about you? Yes, sir. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ that he's given us the the path to eternal life with him, and that's victory lane. Yeah. That's victory lane. That's And that's the victory we win every race, Chuck, that we go to. 
And the reason we do win is because we're able to raise the flag of Jesus Christ. We're able to impact people for his kingdom. And so wherever we go, it doesn't matter if we finish first or third or, you know, I'd be disappointed. I'm a competitive guy. But wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a competitive guy? (laughs) Maybe, right? (laughs) Just a little bit, huh? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I'm a pretty competitive guy myself, but I have never been in motor racing. I I have uh, raced some of those little kiddie cars uh, at the amusement parks occasionally. Does that qualify? Go cars or bumper cars? Bumper cars. There you go. (laughs) All right. I love those things. Rubbing is racing. (laughs) All right. Uh, You have kids? Oh, yes. Have five. Wow. And are any of them involved with you in this uh, kingdom racing business? Well, it, they are involved in the ministry. Mm-hmm. We have um, my, you know, my wife is, is heavily involved. Uh, she is my, my guardian of my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Does she, she wear a helmet? Uh, oh, she makes sure I wear a helmet so I don't <laughs> stop bumping my head against these walls. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, then we have our, uh, we have two sons and our three daughters. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and how old are they? Well, they're in their thirties now. Mm-hmm. So all of them, um, or four of them, are married, and uh, you know they help out at events. They help out behind the scenes uh, spiritually. They're there supporting us, and they've been a, a, a big part of this, uh, the family effort. Yeah, well, that's great. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here to talk about uh, your experience there. It's it's quite fascinating. It's a world in which I have not been involved, and uh, probably so many of our listeners. On the other hand, many have. Uh, Godspeed, steering through triumph and tragedy. We can't begin to have covered all that's in this book, friends, but it'll be fascinating for you to read. $15, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Uh, write to us at Save America Ministries. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. And seriously consider becoming a partner with us as day after day we're preparing the way of the Lord. Even today, yes, even today, so run that you may obtain, my friends. Only those who finish the race get the prize. God bless. Be a blessing. Godspeed. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.